podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nina Kowser Show. Well, it was great that the Reds did not ruin my weekend because there was no football to be played. However, it was a Monday night kickoff and you know what? They didn't wreck my week as well because guess what? The Reds finally showed up and showed up, showed up for those bitter blues. 2-0 it finished to the Reds. It was a great performance, a great result and a clean sheet and the first league win of the year thank you very much and joining me on this podcast it's a late one so i appreciate it i have some callers and i have two excellent guests as usual so you know what without further ado let me introduce them to you look at me rhyming as well first up i have somebody who i've not had on the show for a very very long time it's steve steve welcome back we did a win we did a win and you're on (laughs) on a good roll this year I know, look at you saving them, right? You're going to have to do every podcast now, every week. There, done, dusted, confirmed. No getting out of this one, Steve. Um, you, can't, you can't use the kids as an excuse. So we have got Steve. It's going to be a great podcast. And joining Steve, I am delighted to be joined by a familiar voice on the Nina Kaza Show and the main AI podcast. She thinks she's a jinx. I don't believe in superstition. It is the wonderful Lisa Marie. Welcome back, Lisa. Hello, it's good to be back. I haven't done a podcast in a while. I mean, AI has been AIP has been on a bit of a break, and mm. yeah, I this may be my first Nina show in twenty twenty three as well. So look at you signing it with a win. There you go. Right, that's <laughs> it. No excuses for you as well. Not that we're superstitious or anything, but I just like tying these people down. Right, guys. Before I go to our first caller, um, I just want to quickly get your um. Just how you feel after that win, you know? I, I just feel like I can breathe, but um, at least I'll come to you first. It it was nice, wasn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was just it, I I feel good. It was it's, I, now, and I'll be honest, I haven't even really watched a full Liverpool match in a bit, just for various reasons between mm. travel and um, things going on on the weekends and 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 whatnot. So. I had, and then of course, even the ones I'd watch hadn't really viewing. So, so this feels like a nice, familiar feeling that I had kind of forgotten about, and I like it. And I hope we get to keep it. Here, here, and Steve, how are you feeling? Because it can be quite doom and gloom in our in doom and gloom in our WhatsApp group. But um, how are you feeling after that? Basetich is a baller, and having shit house Robo back is so good. 
It really is. I like the way he stares shit up. And then he's like, ah, calm down, calm down. Oh, he's, he's hilarious. Yeah, um, I love him. Yep, great vibes all around. You know what? Let me get to our first caller because it is our sort of pitch side reporter. You guys know him. It's Harinda. Baji, welcome on. Hey! Thank fuck for that. Yeah, absolutely. Literally. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Last time Sean Dyche was at Anfield, he won. From recollection. Klopp hit his magic worms. Yeah. Because I was trying to work it out. In the 21, 20, yeah, 2021 pandemic season, right? They got relegated. Um, But yeah, he won. And that was fucking shit. And he won. And that was the start. I thought they got relegated the year, but either which way, I just wanted him to just uh, just get rid of Sean Dyche. You know what? He is the antithesis of football to some degree. And he, I heard a great term on the Harry Sethi show, and I can't get it out of my head, which is the Sunderland Vortex. What a perfect encapsulation of Everton, where you change your manager halfway through the season, hoping just before a transfer window or just after a transfer window, because there's something magical will happen and somehow the saviour will come in and rescue you and you will not get relegated. They're going down. Literally, it was sung en masse at Anfield going down because of the shithousery that they wish to adopt. And do you know what? I can't wait. I, I know Everton is great for the city, but as a club and as a collection... Honestly, fuck off. <laughs> it's so good to beat them. Um, it was not, I'm not going to go into the match itself because otherwise I take away from your most post-match analysis. But my question for the panel is a very simple one. Also, one with added complexity. Of course. So simple, but complex. simple but complex. I would like to give Darwin Nunes man of the match. However... I hold myself off from giving Darwin Nunes man the match because he couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. At the one chance, I thought he absolutely 120,000% would. He didn't. It kind of just goes a bit wide. What will it take? Like The man can't buy a goal, but he can do everything else. What will it take? So you want us to answer that? Go for it. All right. I'll start with this one. I have to agree with you. I thought, and um, I'll come to Steve first on this one. Steve, I actually thought Harinda's actually spot on because one thing that we've kind of noticed in, in the previous games is that the, everything wasn't quite working and the front three looked like they just had no cohesion between them. There was no like, chemistry. And what we noticed was um, how quick they were on the break and, of course, um, instrumental and huge, huge in, in the first Salah goal. But, you know, doing everything right, you know, running, making the runs, being a nuisance, you know, pressing, harrowing the defence, doing everything right, had a few shots. I mean, is it a case of, I don't know, um, do, do you think because it's the first season and maybe he's still kind of settling in? Because he did score like some great goals and he was an absolute nuisance against us last season for Benfica. I actually just think that it will come. I think everything is, I think when it comes to players, that overall game kind of, performances improve and things and we kind of saw that with Gagpo today as well where as soon as he got that goal he, he turned really quick and he, he felt you know that like he was really showing up and like there was like a massive 
cloud kind of lifted off him. I think Nunez, I think maybe he's just over trying and over like maybe overthinking things. And I think sometimes strikers can be guilty of that. I'm not really worried about him, him sort of finishing the chances because to some degree, I don't know if you'll agree with me, Steve, but it kind of, it kind of reminds me of Luis Suarez. Oh, definitely. I was literally talking to Dr. Phil about this with me okay. yesterday or the day before. Like, mm. it's that thing, right, where he looks so close to setting on fire. Like, he will just have that moment where it clicks. It might take him 12 months or 18 months. You know, Suarez was on an instant hit, and then he just destroyed people. Because uh, yeah. to me, like, it's just, he's doing everything right. Like, he, mm-hmm. may, I, I know that Mo did a great finish, and um, what's his face? Pickford's an idiot. Yeah. Uh, like Nunes makes that goal by making all of the right decisions yeah. and being so fast. There's, there's one point where he's running with the ball as fast as Mo's running with it without the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's got, what is it? He's got quite a few assists and they're all for Mo. He's building up a relationship. Those two seem to be starting to build up a relationship. Yeah. He, he, I know one of them's in the community shield, but he has got 10 goals. He's not, he's not like he's got one. Um, I just, and he's smiling. I think that's the big thing, right? He doesn't look angry. He doesn't look frustrated, Harinda. He's smiling. And I think it, it'll just, there'll just be a game where he just gets a ridiculous 30 yarder or it'll, or he'll smash something off someone's face and it'll go in and we're all cheer. Like it'll just be one little moment and then he'll be off and he'll, I mean, he's already off and running, right? Blights quick. But the goals will just start coming in. The, the way he tries to cut in at the, near the end of the mix, by before, just before he comes off. He's opened up his body. It's all the right thing to do. He just took a bit too long thinking about it rather than doing what he was so good for Benfica for, which was just the just the doing bit. So um, I'm a bit like you. He was really close. He's definitely in my top three for today. He was su- just he's just joyful to watch, and I think he will be phenomenal if he can just get those finishes in. But I think they'll come. I'm not watching him worried the way like I was when Crouchy didn't score for about five million years think he's going to be fine yeah um somebody's just commented here in discord um Ashore for darwin is just on a cold streak just needs one to go in and he'll go supernova i mean lisa same question to you what did you make of darwin nunez's performance and you know how he was kind of involved in the attack and of course you know big in the first goal and um you know the the whole goal scoring thing as well i mean it is literally the only thing that's missing from his game because he is an absolute nightmare every you know in in every aspect of certainly today and also it's also worth noting as well he had a little bit of an injury as well let's not forget that coming back from an injury as well yeah i you know i i think i agree with everything steve said and I think it's just a matter of once it clicks, it's going to be get out of his way. And and by the way, I wish the one that he smashed off someone's face had been Jordan Pickford, but that's, you know, conversation <laughs> for later. Um, but no, I mean, it's the same thing I said, I don't know, on a podcast a few weeks ago when kind of a similar question was asked about Cody Gakpo. And I'm like, look at what he's stepped into. I mean, you know, Gakpo, that is, you know, he comes in in January and we've just been a mess. And, you know, and, and the same almost can be said for Darwin Nunes. I mean, you know, he started it, you know, then he, he got the red card and so he was out and then everything was just so disjointed and discombobulated and, and everything else. So I think 
this game was where we were starting to see things were kind of clicking between him and Mo and, and Gakpo. And, and it just, sometimes it just takes a bit for, for everyone to, you know, know where they're going to be and, you know, where, who to pass to and everything. And yeah, and it's just, you know, strikers go on cold streaks as far as scoring is concerned. And I, I think that's just, you know, there are, there's times where they just can't buy a goal. And I think Nunez has just been going through a little bit of that. But yeah, I mean, I think it is, it's just a matter of just being patient. He's, he's contributing. You know, he's, he's putting the, you know, ball in the right places for others to score. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's just a matter of time. And, and yeah, I mean, look out and, you know, he could put three away in a game and just be highly dangerous. So it'd be nice if that happened, um, uh, you know, um, a week from tomorrow in the Champions League match. But anyway, that's conversation for another day. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the shackles come off for that game. I mean, for me as well, the thing that kind of, I think you both like hit the nail on the head then. I was like listening to both of you and you both like kind of, you know, tackled it from like different perspectives. And, and I like the fact that, you know, Lisa, you kind of mentioned that Gakpo and, and also, you know, um, Darwin coming in as well. Like it's not been a great season by no stretch of the imagination. I think we failed to kind of get some kind of momentum and some kind of run going and it's not quite happened. And he's come in, everything's looked quite different. I think systematically as well, maybe he's trying to adapt to us as well. And we're trying to, you know, we were trying to figure him out and how to get the best out of him. And then we kind of isolated Mosala out on the right. And he wasn't really contributing much. There wasn't much cohesion between the attack. But today what I saw was, you know what? We were almost about to concede a goal and those two players combined together, worked together, got the ball out and just moved it. And, you know, were quick to kind of transition the play and, you know, got a goal out of it. And, you know, to have that kind of pace and intensity and willingness on the counter, which is something that I'm very, very much used to of the Liverpool from last season. And to see Darwin Nunes step up into that gave me a lot of, like, confidence and positivity. I think it does come. I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. And I'm, and I'm also grateful that Steve also can see the parallels between between um the the whole Luis Suarez thing as well and I don't think anyone's like really angry or you know disappointed in Darby Nunes I think everyone's absolutely you know when he's like that they know the quality that he has and you know every time he's not been performing either he's just come back from injury or the whole team hasn't played well and I know Harinda's of that of that belief as well because we did a Desi podcast and he was the one player that Harinda actually said this is going to be my guy for the season so, Harinda, I'm going to come back to you. You've heard what we've said. I think, personally, it is just the thing of where it is, like, Lisa's just said it's a call streak. Can I just I have think... a comment? Yeah. Like, he's really different to these really young, little nippy strikers who set on fire at 18, 19, right? In terms of build and technique, he's much closer to someone like Zlatan. Zlatan, at the same age, didn't score that many more goals for Ajax. Latin took off at 25-26. Like, he's, this is a player who's just going to get better and better and better. It was like that for Juve as well. You know, when Juve bought him, I remember he was not the best at finishing, can't lie. Yeah, it was when he got to Milan, to, to Milan that he really set the world on fire. Mm. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection 
From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. But obviously we want Darwin to do it here. I think he was. He is absolutely going to set the world on fire. There's no doubt in my mind. It's just when you see those and you see them a few many times, few too many times, it's not a niggling doubt. You just want it to be over quickly mm. because he deserves to score. He deserves yeah. to be a leading goal scorer. He deserves to have them going in off every shot because of everything he does. I mean, he's unplayable at post tonight. He took the piss out of the air in a fantastic fashion, and and that's what they needed. Now, Daichi ball, and he got. And, and tactics and everything else got the F all excited when they beat Arsenal. Brilliant. Do you know what? Because the come down is fantastic. Of all the teams they didn't want to lose to, it would have been us. And of all the teams they have lost to and further pushing them towards relegation, it's us. I will remind them of this when they go down. Why? Because it's the F. Why? Because they're shite. They are blue and white shite. Everything about them is horrid at times. The degree of solidarity that the old school have with us, that's never going to change. But their new crop are fucking shit asses. Yeah, I wouldn't give, I wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. Especially Daesh. Yeah? The Tory, Margaret Thatcher loving motherfucker can get to hell. And to go to hell with him, he can take UA for two. So that's a pod on its own in regards to UA and what they've done today in regards to releasing their report three hours earlier to a media leak, rather than giving it to the clubs or people impacted. How insulting. How insulting. Yeah, as I said, that's a pod within itself and possibly one that we should cover but, uh, uh, at a time when Liverpool has made finally their statement in regards to them. The club is spitting balls of fire internally you know, in regards to this. And, and who can blame them? Who can blame them? Um, but to end on a positive note, we have three points. We need a lot more three points to keep on going towards fourth. But I haven't given up hope yet. There's still all those technical slim things that kind of make you feel as if, you know, as many tend to hooks you can hold on to, you will, until it's impossible. But while things are good, keep going. Now we've got Newcastle, beat Newcastle. Then we've got Wolves, beat Wolves. Then we've got United, beat United. And take it from there. And just keep going. Keep on going. Because today's team showed that they can fight. They can go for the second ball. And... They were amazing at it. They were absolutely amazing at it. And there were times when it didn't work, and there were times when they, the ball got taken from them. But Everton, Everton, which is great. And that's what we need. We need Liverpool to be Liverpool. We need Everton's to be Everton. Spurs are busy being Spurs, so we should carry on trying to be Liverpool. Absolutely. Well, Harinda, thank you so much for calling in. Um, and just your little talk about uh, Darwin Nunes there as well. I've got another comment here from Steve W. He's waiting for the hat-trick against Madrid. And um, a follow-up comment by Steve W there. Darwin has said in his first season in Portugal, was slow and flew in the second season and expects the same here. 
that would make sense. Thank you there, Steve W. I mean, on a side note as well, you know, we're speaking about all the things that we loved about Darwin Nunes. One of my personal little things for me was um, when he tr- when he kind of started squaring up to Pickford. And uh, I think Mosla was like, oh, you know, this one's a wild one. And he just kind of like pushes him away. I love that about Darwin Nunes. Um, I just think he's he's just pretty much... um a big ball of energy. Right, um, as Harinda, thank you so much for your call there. I want to, I want to get back to the game and I want to kind of talk about things. So Lisa, I'm going to come to you. Team lineup. What did you make of the team lineup? And, you know, anyone who missed it, it was, um, Alison in Nets, Trent, Matip, Gomez, Robertson. I think a lot of people were surprised with that defensing starting pair again, given what happened, um, last weekend against Wolves and then Bajsetic, um, Fabinho, Henderson, Salah, Gakpo and Nunes. That was the starting lineup. Um, I want to get your thoughts. It was very, very great to see and, you know, the likes of Jota, Firmino, you know, um, Virgil van Dijk on that bench as well. I mean, what, what did you make? Of course, we know Thiago was injured, but Lisa, what did you make of the starting lineup and the bench? You know, I wasn't really surprised per se Mm. by the starting lineup you know we always we talk about this you know on various pods and things you know there's the starting lineup you would like to see and then there's the starting lineup you expect to see and so that was the starting lineup i i pretty much expected to see um but again wasn't necessarily the one i wanted to see i was i think more excited about the names that were on the bench um because there were a number of names that or a couple of names that we hadn't seen in a while, so so it was it was kind of exciting um, to know that you know that means even if you know those players didn't play tonight, that you know there's the possibility that they're going to be available for the weekend and for next week and you know and and the you know bigger games that you know that are coming up. So yeah, but it was it was it was pretty. I mean, I was a little bit surprised that Madison. Gomez both started just, you know, again, seeing as, from what I hear, how atrocious they were in, in the last outing. I did not see that game at all. Um, so I can't speak personally. I just know what I heard on podcasts and read in articles, etc. You were saved. It was awful. I know. That's what everybody says. <laughs> I mean, in, in their defense today, Botham was so much better. But, you yeah. know, when you just initially see the lineup, you're like, oh, gosh. I, you know, again, there's there's what you want to see and what you expect to see, and that was what I expected. You know, for the most part, that was what I expected to see. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, of course, given the injuries as well. And what about you, Steve? What did you make of the starting lineup, and also seeing some of you know the 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 the, the familiar names on the bench again? You know, made me smile a little. I can't lie. Oh, definitely. Um... Everyone knows how much I love Bobby. I bang on about it far too much. And seeing him back on the bench, seeing Jota, and seeing Joe's big brother back on the bench, I know he didn't start, but I think Gomez just plays better when he can train with Verge. And I wasn't worried about him. I was a bit worried. The, the, the main players I was worried about today were, who I expected to see them see, but, you know, we can all see Matip is, <clears throat> you know, base jumping off a cliff in, at the moment. Fabino can't turn anymore, and Hendo's Hendo. It was the team I expected to see, but those were the players that I think are slowly, slowly not the players they used to be anymore, or some less slowly than the others. But yeah, just seeing big names on the bench, but also seeing Basatich staying in the team, and he was so good today. Seeing that you know Harvey was still on the bench, and he was one of the subs that you know that Klopp goes to. It was 
it's what I expected. It wasn't what I quite wanted. I wanted Nabby in there somewhere, but it's what I expected, and they did all right. Yeah, I think I kind of understood why he maybe gave Nabby a little break as well, you know, because he's been using him a fair bit, but I did think it might have been a bit of a risky move to play Henderson. But you know what? He did all right, and that's all we can say. And you know what, Steve? I'm going to stick with you because... Obviously, you and I don't really speak on podcasts because you don't do them, but it's great to have you on. But one thing that I think if, if you've been watching Liverpool games is what, what I've noticed is certainly since um, the game against Chelsea is we have this short burst of energy. And when we fail to score in that, you kind of know how the game's going to go. Of course, nil-nil against um, Chelsea. And we had a short burst in the second half against Wolves failed to score but one thing that really impressed me about this performance and this game um was the fact that Liverpool kind of started out quite aggressively and yeah. you know it, to me that was I can pretty much decide how a game's going to go based on how well or how poorly Liverpool start yeah no, definitely but I think I think the lineup played into that quite a lot right Robbo was back to being Robbo right he looked nasty piece he of looked work. he looked snappy he was chasing stuff down like even if his crossing wasn't brilliant he was driving at the opposition like Gomez looked a bit calmer today but Nunes is a bit of a nutcase and, you know Robbo is, a bit, <laughs> Robbo is a bit of a nutcase Basatich like how we'll, we'll go through this later but how many times was he on the floor winning the ball and none of it was dangerous lunges it was just I'm going to throw my body over there and block the pass again or win the ball again he and I think a- just seeing that energy right because if you watch Mo as as those three were just doing it more and more and more suddenly you could it was almost like Mo was getting pumped up and pumped up and pumped up and it was standing taller and taller and taller and as Mo really then started to kick in you know as the first half came on it's like they all brought it all together the energy just it all drove off one another and as you said before, we normally get these little spurts and then they don't score and all their heads drop. But today they didn't. They had the characters that we needed to keep pushing and keep being lively. We're doing that. No, for sure. Lisa, I think you wanted to say something there. I was just going to say, Bassett uses his long, skinny legs the way Fabino used to. You know, mm. to, to, to lunge in, you know, just... To stop, you know, to get those tackles, to steal the ball, it's, you know, I mean, I, every time I see him do it, it's like we used to see Fabino do that. And, and you know, for whatever reason, we've all, you know, with the drop in form, we don't need to go any further. But it's just, you know, I think, uh, you know, Stefan may become my fifth child. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm growing quite a family here. <laughs> <laughs> the irony is I actually have a son the same age as that kid. But anyway, um yeah, but you know, it he does. He he has that kind of fearlessness, you know, that we all used to admire in Fabinho that, you know, for whatever reason seems to have gone astray this season. Yeah, and I'm actually so grateful that the kid is has stepped up and is stepping up and so you know home. Yeah, so kudos home. to him as well. Merseyside Derby. Yeah, I mean again, I I live with a young man this age, you know, okay? Mm. And so, although my own son, <laughs> this age, is, is a fairly calm kid too, but 
but just knowing that you know the the maturity and the level headedness that that is needed to be able to to approach a game again of this magnitude a derby you know with with that level of calm is is just so admirable i think yeah i can safely say at 18 i was literally a waste of space so you know what you have to give them so much credit when you know, i highly you know. doubt that but anyway <laughs> Still have a waste of space, but yeah, let's take it back to when I was 18. I was a real big waste of space. No, you have to give him so much respect. And, you know, and even through all the worst performances as well, he was probably the only one that could kind of hold his head up to some kind of degree with Alice and Becker. So, you know, and the fact that that's, that was his first Merseyside derby in that midfield as well. And for him to kind of win the tackles and absolutely put in a monster performance because, you know, that midfield was there to kind of act like some kind of function in a defensive sense. But also, you know, he had that moment right towards the end where he, he took the ball and he went on a little counter and obviously played the ball to Mo Salah. Um, maybe it wasn't the best of balls, but, you know, you can see what he's doing. And I think this kid is definitely one for the future. And um, it's just great to see that we we actually have a youngster in our midst that could potentially be something but my only concern is and this is just me being me as always is the fact that I don't want to put so much pressure on him because I feel like where Liverpool are and what Liverpool should be doing we shouldn't be looking at this kid thinking you know what that's it you know you, you know like that's the putting answer that much pressure on him. yeah yeah yeah, that's, oh, that's it's, not fair. It, You're absolutely right. It's you know that's that, and I agree. I agree that it's he should be a you know we should be looking at him as more of a squad player, not someone you know, and, and to continue to develop him. You know, I mean, he could be you know like Trent starting to play in the team at a young age, and then you know just becoming you know Trent. Of course, is is very much an exception, you know, to how you see a player's trajectory. Um, so, I mean, I think you could look at Basetich as, as kind of a step removed that, you know, he could be a solid squad player for us, you know, moving forward and continue to develop and grow and, you know, and just become even better is what we want to see. Um, but, go ahead, Steve. So you could say he's almost like Trent, though. Trent came in and was actually quite calm and composed and technical when he first joined the team, right? Wasn't as outrageous as he's become. And Basatic has come in and been calm and composed and yeah. taken his opportunity. And he's, he's again, well, I'm conflicted, see, because yeah, I, I, sometimes say, I sometimes say, oh, we shouldn't put that much pressure. But then I think, well, if the kid is performing and he's actually delivering those performances, why, how, how do you expect them to grow if you're not going to give them more and more chances? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I just want yeah. more quality players around him so he can grow. Exactly. Oh, definitely. I think we don't put expectations on him, but we, yeah. if, he, if he keeps playing as well as he plays, let him play. The, the, as long as the strength and conditioning team are telling Klopp how to use him and he's listening, because mm. he is young, he's 18, he's still developing, right? Yeah. As long as they're taking the proper precautions in terms of his physical development, let him play because he's just playing better than anyone not called Thiago in our midfield. And he set the tone. I think it was what fifteen, sixteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Basatich crosses. Nunes does an outrageous overhead kick. Okay, Gakpo misses, and it was a shot, not a cross. And I'll be honest with you, that but, was a lovely phase of play. You know, by the way, that, how quick we moved that ball, and they were just like missing. Just the final quality was missing. I was like, "Whoa, this is looking good." 
And but it didn't feel like those games. You know, those. You know, obviously most of the season when Gatpo misses, we've had the teams drop their heads, and it's felt like, oh god, we're not going to score today. Yeah. But actually, it felt like, oh my god, we're going to try absolutely everything yeah. to score today. Like they set the tone for that. Just outrageous. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep trying. It's going to happen. Yeah, it was the cohesion of the whole team. You know, like it felt. You know, all the other games, like even that the Wolves game and you know the Brighton game and the Brentford games. You know, all those games that we've seen. It just felt like Liverpool looked like a bunch of strangers playing. You know, like a bunch of just random eleven dudes just on the pitch together. Today, I actually felt like like that that passage of play that you were talking about. It looked like they've been working on that, and it's very interesting because Klopp mentioned in his in his press conference before the Everton game that oh, I've been really impressed with the lads. They worked hard, and I'm just. I scoffed, I can't lie, I scoffed because he said the exact same thing before Brighton that the players have worked really hard and I'm confident and I just thought, oh God, what is going to come out? What horror are we going to be facing? But obviously this time round, they have been working on something. Yeah, definitely. And maybe also for the forwards, right? If Bobby and Jota are back in training, mm-hmm. there's a lot more there's competition By coming. Yeah. But there's also you're you're playing and training alongside really good players. So if they're coming back mm. to fitness, you're like you're going to learn from them as well as want to get in the team ahead of them. So, hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I think, I think, I think those, you know, my favourite mentalists, Ambassador set the tone today and Mo, as the game wore on or the first half wore on just really started to puff his chest out and you know when he he stopped shaking his head when he was missing you know when you know when mo gets really upright yeah and you know what let's let's talk about this as well right because we we might just talk about the first goal lisa i want to come to you because before mo salah scores that goal i felt like he was being manhandled everything was going horribly wrong for him in that sense which we're used to where the defenders just absolutely foul him and he can't get anything and I don't know how you watched it, but we had Jamie Carragher on the commentary on Sky Sports here. And he was kind of feeding into that whole kind of narrative that, oh, yeah, you know, it's going down a bit easy there. And I don't think he was. He was actually being fouled a fair bit. I want to get your thoughts on this. But obviously, he had to deal with all that. And I was like, oh, God, is, is Mosla just going to, like, shy away or hide here? Because, you know, as much as we love Mosla, Mosla has not been great you know, um, for the past couple of games. And, of course, I want to get your thoughts on, on the first goal. I mean... It hits the woodwork and you think, oh my God. And then our lads do incredibly well to kind of just take the ball. I think Dan, Nunes starts it, passes it to Mosala, and then Mosala gives it back to Nunes. And then Nunes just kind of runs with it. Mosala's accompanying him and um, puts in a lovely, lovely um, a 
ball to to Mosala and um Mosala scores a wonderful goal but um Pickford's everywhere but just relieving for the cop as well right um I want to get your thoughts on that goal and how you felt and um you know just seeing the Reds actually go ahead in a game <laughs> I am being 100% sincere when I say I swear to god I welled up I thought I was gonna cry <laughs> When that goal is scored. I mean, it was just this whole, like, relief and celebration. I, they were happy tears. Um, it, but it was just, it was just wonderful. This, it was like, I remember this feeling. We used to feel this all the time. How lovely yeah. it is to experience it again. So, yeah. No, but but what you were saying leading up into, I mean, yes, Mo was being, you know, assaulted repeatedly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, not, I mean, maybe that's a little strong, but it's, but it happens all the time. I mean, it doesn't even surprise me anymore. It really doesn't. It's like, does someone have to him and he pass out on the pitch before, you know, a card or anything is given? I mean, it, it is, it's ludicrous how how he is a how other teams are allowed to just I don't want to say bully him because you know Mo holds up to it but it's just you know and I don't think I'm wearing red tinted glasses you know when I when I say this it's just it's it's ridiculous I mean if that were Jack Grealish or you know I don't Mm -hmm. know so you know it they'd be you know Oh, you know, there'd be free kicks and yellow cards and penalties and, and all the other awarded. But but for whatever reason, and I don't know if it's just because Mo stands up to it and plays through it or, or what it is, but, but it is. It's just, it's incredibly unfair, but I'm not even really surprised at it anymore because it's just been going on for so long. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you there with the sense that, you know, you just become numb, that the the ref just kind of turn a blind eye to everything. I'm going to come to you, Steve. I mean, your thoughts on the goal and just Mo Salah's um, game just in general, because uh, I felt like it, like, I think you touched on it as well. I think he grew more and more into the game. Yeah, I mean, the two words I've written down the most next to each other in all of my notes are Mo Fouled. Closely followed by Mo not fouled, which is when he obviously is fouled but doesn't get it. Um, he was he was excellent, wasn't he? And yeah, the, the goal the, the goal was the goal was the kind of thing in the summer when we signed Nunes and I phone when we had the um the signing part and I spent the entire time giddied like a child. It was the kind of thing that I was excited that like. Nunes brings me a two stupidly fast players. And it was a proper old Liverpool goal. You know, the early days of cop goals where the opposition has a corner and we score. How many times have we seen Mo scoring off opposition corner? And it was brilliant the way that Nunes gets the ball, passes it to Mo, Mo takes a touch, pings it around the corner and he just goes. And he's what? He's massive. He's what, what, six foot three or something? He's massive, and they just couldn't keep up with him. He's charging down the left, and we've, we've talked about his finishing. You know, Harinda brought this up that he just isn't scoring, but he but he's also getting assist and do the right thing. And and no point did I think this is going to go wrong. I could, you, I like, and you can see we've got three players breaking, and it just felt like 
Liverpool again. It just felt like this is what we know we do. And he just played a brilliant ball. And Pickford is just an absolute fucking idiot. And Mo had a nice, easy finish. And you know what? Even if he cocked the pass up and it didn't get to Mo, Gakpo was just behind Mo. And there was a third player as well. It was just, okay, it's not the refined football from the last couple of seasons, but it was the heavy metal, let us run at you, let us expose your gaps, let us show how fast and powerful some of our players are. Because Dunez are two people fairly close to him, and Everton's team aren't small, right? And he just brushed them off and kept running. And it was just a really good, really well-composed goal and a lovely finish. And it just, there were so many players bobbing forward. We were scoring. It just looked as soon as the as soon as the break started, it just it, it just felt like it was inevitable. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, completely stark difference and performance and everything compared to what we put in at Goodison this season as well, right? So you know, like again, you know, you're just growing in in positivity and. Also, you look at Everton as well. I mean, Sean Dyche's come in. They they beat Arsenal. You know, they were quite puffy-chested coming into this game. I watched his press conference as well, how he was speaking. His demeanour was... He was trying to... It was like almost like a sense of false modesty, but you can just tell that he was kind of cocky about the whole situation and, and things. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that Liverpool kind of just responded on the pitch. And, yeah, it was a great goal. And you can definitely sense more coming as well. And, uh, you know, that game, I felt like, Lisa, that scoreline really, really flattered. Um, Everton, because, uh, as Harinda said as well, you know, if Darwin puts a couple of those away, I felt like we obviously had the chances. That game could have easily finished 5-0, in my opinion, if the finishing was just a bit more crisp and a bit more elite. Yeah, definitely. Like... Mo scoring the goal was great, but he could have scored if if he was having one of his real days, like three or four goals today, right? Nunez had that tight, tight shot from a tight angle from a mobile early in the first half. Um, that was definitely a game that two seasons ago we'd have spanked, spanked them 5-6-0. Playing the same way would have just finished more chances, but it was fun, wasn't it? I don't know, it was just fun. I've written so many notes, but my brain's gone to mush because it was just so fun watching them play so well, all of them. And, you know, as, as I said before, when Mo plays well, he almost lifts people because, like, hold on, we know we're good, but the Egyptian king is on form. Like, we've all got to join in. We do. We do, absolutely. And Lisa, I'm going to come to you, and we're going to talk about the second goal. Um, McCordy Gakpo, of course, Mosala scored on the 36th minute. Liverpool were still applying the pressure. And again, you know, just wonderful work by Robertson and Co. Again, you know, hitting them, um, you know, pressing them, hitting them on, on like a break. And, um, you know, Gakpo getting the goal, Trent doing wonderful things, um, putting the ball in and Gakpo just getting a goal. And you could just see the relief off of him because I felt like, you know, he was really, really trying to get that goal. And, you know, to some degrees, you know, maybe some of his decision-making in previous times wasn't the best. I can all, I can go back to the Chelsea game where I felt like he was sort of leaning back on his shots. But, you know, he gets that goal. And after that goal as well, I just feel like he just became an, a different a different prospect altogether. You know, he was taking the ball from deep. He was picking up the ball from deeper midfield positions, running with it. His hold-up play was good. And he was kind of demonstrating to us and the world that he actually has pace. I was just shocked at what a goal can do to a player because he put in, he changed 
he was good before that goal. He was very much involved. But after that goal, for me, I think he started looking like the player that obviously we kind of signed and we knew what he was all about. It is amazing, isn't it? What a goal can do. You know, and let me back up for a second to, you know, Mo's goal, the whole team, you know, had been playing well up to that point, but even just you felt that lift across the, you know, across the field when, you know, after Mo scored, they were all just like, all right, that's one, you know, let's, let's get another. And again, it's a feeling that we've been missing from this team, but yes, no, Cody, I mean, yes, that goal went in. And first of all, you know, of course, he was pleased. It was, as always, it is so lovely to see this team pleased for each other when someone scores like that. I mean, you could tell, you know, the you know the different players who were, you know, first to him, and I don't remember who, but, you know, you could tell they were they were as pleased for him as if they had scored it themselves. And, and yes, I mean, after that, it was like, wow, okay, this is the player we, we bought. But as I alluded, to you know he what did he come into in the first you know in the beginning of january he, he you know he came into mass dysfunction and it's amazing when he starts playing in a you know in a team that's that's functioning how much better he plays as well so but no you're you're absolutely i mean it was the definition of what a goal could do for a player It really was. And hopefully now, you know, the shackles come off him, eh, Steve? Because you could tell he really, really wanted that goal. Naturally, it came. It just changed his whole demeanour today, in my opinion, after that goal. I want to get your thoughts on, on the player and his how he's kind of like gelling and meshing into the play, in, in, into that front three as well. Because I think there was a lot of cries like, what is going on here? Like, what is going on with these players? Um, uh, will they be able to work together? Does Klopp rest one and, you know, bench one and play a 4-4-2? But you also alluded to the fact that there's some quality players on that bench as well. And, you know, that sort of sometimes, I don't know, ignites a fire up uh, players' backsides. Yeah, I think I think the goal, like you could see weight, you know, lifted away off his shoulders, and he relaxed into the game. And there's, you know, what about an hour in? There were two or three moments where he was absolutely brilliant, just picking up the ball, running at Everton. Mm-hmm. You know, when Nunes misses the curl, or where he gets the interception, and Mo puts a tame shot in. And there's a couple of times where he just gets the ball of smart things, but he comes across as quite like a smart, considered character, not. Mm. You know, not, as I've called uh, Nunez, a lunatic. You know, Bobby's an absolute <laughs> madman. That's why we love him. Suarez was probably the biggest nutcase that this club's ever had. Like, For sure. not all of your forwards can be crazy. <laughs> not all of your forwards can be like that mechanically brilliant Mo and Mane. Like, sometimes you need those smart, sensible players. Dirk Count was a hugely underrated player for us. He was so good. He was so, he was technically brilliant. He was tactically brilliant. And um, Gakpo to me looks like an, a better version, a better mm. version of Kout. Like if he's going to play out wide, then we know what he's going to give us. He's going to be creative. He's going to be dangerous. He's not the fastest. But if he plays through the middle, he can do some of those things that Bobby does, drop deep, connect the connect play. And he he also does the thing that Bobby does that no one else does, is when he drops deep, he also runs at the opposition. Yeah. And he's tidy with his ball at the feet, and he's almost press-resistant. 
And it's not because he's quick and he's running past them, but he draws players towards him and then doesn't lose the ball. And that's one of the things that Bobby was phenomenal for so many years, was just making teams go, what do we do now? Um, and Bobby came on and did it, right? He had a lovely little Bobby ball through to Mo and it didn't come off. Mm. But seeing Gakpo can also be that when we want him to, but we want to play, let's play the fast players on out wide and we want to play him as the connector. He looks really good, but he also looks like we can play him in other roles. Um, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be a really good player. I think he'll be... Uh, look, look, we paid nearly 100 million quid for... Um, Nunes and we're paying Mo what insane amounts a week, so they're going to be the first choice players. But isn't it great now that we can go? Who who's our best third choice player? Is it Jota? Is it Gakpo? Is it Diaz when he's back? We've got so many options in different styles of players. We can play crazy fast. We can play crazy technical. We can play smart and calm and leave Nunes at home sometimes. You know how how patient if you've got Gakpo, Jota, and Mo in some games you're going to be, then you bring on the other two lunatics to tie to, to finish things off. I think it gives us really, really good balance. Um, I like him. I'm not worried about him. He scored a goal. He looked really, really good. He looks like he's settling into his teammates. He looks a lot more confident around them. But he doesn't look like he's going to be a big, loud character who drops his head and makes a fuss when he doesn't get what he wants. And we just have to get used to that. And maybe that will benefit the, you know, the street ball footballers we've got and the the legend that is Mo. So I, th- I thought he was I thought he was very good. And then after he scored, I thought he was exceptionally good for about 20 minutes. And I think, yeah, I'm happy with him. I'm pleased we signed him. I hope he goes on to be a really good player for us for a few years. Yeah, one thing I really loved as well about that goal as well, just on a quick side note as well, obviously we go in at halftime 1-0. And then we come out and within four minutes, we get the second goal, um, you know, which, again, um, as cliche as it sounds, I think it's very important to kind of start off with that kind of intensity and momentum and to kind of like, I don't know, put the game further away from, from the Everton as well. Because one thing I was really, really concerned about for them as well was, of course, any set piece that they would get, I would absolutely crumble that because that's where they were probably most likely to get their goals. And that's where recently we've looked the most vulnerable. And I'm going to stick with you, Steve, because it was actually so nice and refreshing in this game to have a clean sheet and also having a player like Alison Becker, having very little to do for most parts of the game. And I can appreciate that. And I'm here for that all day, every day. And seeing our defence to kind of play into some kind of confidence, our full-backs looking very, really confident. You know, you spoke about Robertson there bringing his bite back and his intensity because that's been lacking as well. And, of course, you know, them sort of bombing up the field as well. Both of them, him and Trent were both doing it, you know, because that midfield was quite compact and quite functional. And the fact that the fullbacks had that license to kind of, you know, work the flanks and work the channels as well. Um, I think that was really, for me, that was a positive. Oh, definitely. Well, just quickly, while we're talking about defenders, both the Everton defenders did fuck all for that goal. And I really hope Gakpo yes. shit housed them and shouted, leave it! Because it, like, it looked like they left it for someone else to deal with. Yes, and if they he did. did do that, that's legendary. But no, um, I thought Joe looked, as I said, he looked so much more composed today. He just looked happy on the ball. I thought Matic still looks, he still looks a little bit, look, there's something about his like facial expressions or whatever it is. He looks a bit sort of nervous and unsure about himself still. But, you know, Trent looked like he probably got a bit more sleep from being a parent 
looked a bit more with it, and Robbo being feisty. They looked, but you know, they looked stable. But Ali just looks like Ali. Like how many times today did he get given a short pass, or two Everton players will start closing him down, and he just moved the ball to somebody else, took a touch. He just at no point today did he ever look worried about anything when he was being closed down for the press. Like he, when Ali's playing well. It almost takes a bit of like doesn't take pressure off the defenders, but maybe gives them more confidence because he's just so good. But yeah, Robbo, Robbo today was probably my fourth favorite player today. He just did so much so well. Like the break for the goal was yeah. on him to Trent to the defenders. You know, yeah. Robbo breaks Trent puts on a play. Yeah. How much have we missed seeing that from our fullbacks? And did you appreciate his shit house at the end as well? Of course, I'd like, like literally. The, I mean, the first thing is he kicks the ball away. Yeah. Then he laughs at the goalkeeper. Yeah. Then he's gobbing off like a proper angry little ginger Scotsman. You know, <laughs> you know the guy who's outside the pub who's had too many needs to go. And then he, said, then he starts a ball oh. on the touchline with all the play, all the subs. Then he starts the fight. Then he walks away laughing as the fight kicks off. And then Costas. What the fuck was Costas doing? Another <laughs> defender. Costas is trying to get into a fight with Anana. He's getting dragged off by Ali. Like, then, you know, big, big verge, the man himself turns up and drags them all away from the fight and all the fun goes away. You know, dad's turned up, behave now, kids. Yeah. And, Robbo's, and Robbo's still gobbing off. But like, just seeing, like, the defenders being the defenders, seeing Costas being a shit house from the sidelines, you know, Robbo being a shit house on the pitch, Trent playing more like Trent. It it was it was good seeing them today look a bit more assured. And yes, Everton were utterly shite. But let's take it, right? A clean sheet and some confident play. Absolutely. And Lisa, I mean, what did you make of, you know, Ali not being the man of the match because he had to put in some great saves to kind of save us in the game. But the, the defensive display and, you know, your thoughts on, on Robbo as well, because I feel like he should get a mention because feel like you know Robbo is like I don't know when he's fighting it's I don't know like that's the player that you love like do, do you know what I mean like it it's his demeanor oh I adore Andy Robertson I've adored him for years I mean and and somehow you know just in the midst of all the things that have not been right this season yeah we've been missing that you know, Andy Robertson shithouse that, you know, he's not necessarily mean about it, but, you know, he can just kind of laugh at somebody when they're getting frustrated and that just, you know, frustrates them even more. You know, he just he just knows how to how to just needle them, you know, the opposition. And, and we haven't been seeing that, you know, and I and I mean, I'm sure part of it has just been all the other things that have, you know, been weighing on the team as a whole. He just maybe he just hasn't had it in him. Um, you know, he's just been too busy with, you know, all the other things that have been going on. So it it was just, you know, cherry on top of the Sunday to to get all of that as as well at the end of the game is is just an added added extra bit of entertainment. But you know, yes, the defense. It was it was nice to see a functional defense and to where, yes, we did not have to, you know, I mean, bless Alison Becker. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the first to say it. Many have said it that if, you know, if it hadn't been for him. So, you know, up to this point of the season, we could potentially be in the relegation zone. He is. He only saved us 
with his saves. And, um, you know, it was nice to give him a break, you know, to let, <laughs> let him have a bit of a rest this evening, um, you know, to where it, you know, it hasn't hung on the balance with him. But yeah, Joe Gomez looks so much more comfortable. You know, I agree with Steve. Matt, he... It was, um, you know, miles better from what I understand. Again, didn't see the Wolves game, but just from everything I've heard and read, I think he was much, much improved. Um, And yeah, so it was just, it was nice to see that back four functioning and and functioning well, because that has been a major issue for us. And, you know, almost as much as the, you know, the varying midfield debate is that, you know, our our defense has been so solid for so long, and it, it has not this season. And it's just been a weird thing because it's the same players. You know, it's not like somebody's missing. You know, I mean, obviously Virgil's missing right now, but you know, that's only you know, it wasn't it wasn't going great per se when he was when he was in it as well. So it's just, you know, I'm I just hope this is the turn of a corner. And we're going to build from this and, you know, pull out something out of this season as we move forward. There was one thing about today's game that I didn't think for the first time since before the World Cup. In all of our games I've been watching, it's always felt like we were a player short. And I'm not making a jibe at, you know, some of our midfielders being slow and dying. But whenever I watch matches, it always felt like we were playing against a team with another player on the pitch. They just seem to have another person, another body. We're quite leggy, aren't we, all season? We yeah, yeah we're quite leggy. But we've just looked like we're missing an mm. actual body, body. on the yeah. pitch. Like, yeah. was, was there a red today, card I didn't know about? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I was today, we that. were. You know, there's been, we were everywhere. Yeah, there was so much space that we just couldn't, you know, we couldn't cover it. And, and we did that so much better today that it felt like it was 11 v 11. So yeah, that, it, it felt just, cohesive, and they were hunting in packs, and it felt like we had the entire team on the pitch. Yeah, and you, you said it yourself, like Nina, like Hendo was like Hendo was fine, and do you know I mean, what? Hendo being fine is all we ever need at Hendo anymore. Like, if Hendo just is six or seven out of ten for the rest of the season, that'll do. It's when he tries to be an eight or nine and ends up being a four when we have problems. Um, yeah, you have to give credit where we slate him and we do slate him, but today he was good. And, you know, and to be fair, I think a lot of people had a lot of concerns about that midfield because it looked quite uber defensive, in my opinion, on the eye test. You know, when you read those names, you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. Those front three are not scoring. The fullbacks are not getting involved in terms of the creativity. Where are these goals going to come from? How yeah. is that midfield going to assist? And you have all these concerns. And then you kind of realize, hang on a minute. They're going to be quick in transition. They're going to move that ball quick. The front three are going to gel. I loved also Mosla working very, very closely with, um, with Dar- Darwin Nunes centrally there. Um, uh, and, and the likes of Gakpo, you know, trying to work with the attackers and obviously the fullbacks sort of trying to assist as well and do what they can, pressing the ball, hunting down impacts. It, to me, it felt, it felt like everyone understood the assignment. And the last time the Liverpool players understood that the assignment was against Manchester City. It was yeah. a different formation, but that was the vibes I was getting today. But there were points today where Mo and Darwin were in the fullback positions defensively, mm-hmm. either yeah. winning, winning the ball or just keeping retention. Like Mo and, sorry, Trent and Robbo might have bombed on, but it wasn't the right thing to do to play the ball to them. So they just took the ball back to the back four, gave it to the centre half, and let them recycle it the way through. Like today, we were just playing 
maturely and we know that if you don't press a, if you don't press your hendo he's fine apart from that really fucking annoying chipped cross yes. the last thing he does but he's he fine he did one in the second half didn't he he did, he did one, one in the second he, half he did one about 10 minutes in and he did yeah. one in the second half yeah and he did and he did, did, he, did an even weirder one where he tried to do like a tiny chip pass to Mo do you think he gets a bonus a for every one of those that he does do you think it's written he must do but he's never had the technique to pull it off it's so annoying just stop it just stop yeah. it but um, he's fine, and Fab today wasn't pressurised, and it showed that maybe he's rusty, maybe he's falling off a cliff, we don't know. But if you don't pressure him, he's okay, and he was okay today. Those two were okay, which meant everyone else could do their jobs because they were okay. Think, but I, think- I thought they were going to get run over. I thought Gay and Anana and yeah. Decore were going to run through them like a bunch of tanks, and they just left them alone. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. I mean, do you think um, Fab was massively helped maybe with having maybe more like... uh, players that were maybe trying to be a bit more defensive and, you know, not trying to be over, you know, overzealous in, in what they were trying to do. Because I think Bad Setic really, really helped him out today. I think he was helped by the fact that Hendo can't run as far as he used to run, so didn't go too far. Yes. He was it helped helps. by Gomez being a lot calmer in possession and not panicking. Mm-hmm. He was helped by Matip bringing the ball out of defence and doing Matip things. Oh, you know, yeah. He, he wasn't brilliant, but... When when Matip brings the ball forward, it takes a bit of pressure off, doesn't it? Because he does it carry does. the ball well. Yes. And he, and he was helped out by having a six-foot Jack Russell snapping at everyone's heels, but doing mm. it in a way where he wasn't giving away fouls. So all the right things fell in place around those two today. So they were, fi- they, they were fine, and I just want them to be fine. I just want them to be fine and not be exposed, and today they weren't exposed. I think we would get destroyed against City right now with both of them playing, but they were fine today. Absolutely, we you can't ask for more than that, and I love the fact that you know we are kind of giving you know praise to a player like Jordan Henderson as well, who actually did really well. Yeah. Guys, um, let's talk about this because, of course, it was really really nice. I mean, I tweeted this; it felt like Avengers Assemble. Um, I'm going to come to Lisa. Lisa, how nice was it to see the likes of Jota take to the field, and of course, um, uh, Bobby Firmino? You know, um, nice special moments there. I have missed Yoga Shada, and it is it was. Nice nice to see him back on the field because even before he was injured back in what October I mean he had it he had come into the beginning of the season with an injury so he hadn't really I mean he's 
and I don't have stats in front of me, but he hasn't played hardly at all this season. And I've missed him. We've missed him. The team has missed him in just that, you know, way that unexpectedly all for us. We've we have needed that badly. It's been so badly missed. And, you know, obviously he's rusty. I mean, how how could he not be having, you know, not played since October? Um, But it's a positive and it's a step forward. And, you know, even if he can get in here for, you know, in the next couple of weeks and, you know, and come in for, you know, 15, 20 minutes at the end of a match to kind of build himself, you know, back up. That's, you know, that's great because it's options. And, you know, Steve alluded to that earlier, you know, getting Jada back, getting Bobby back, getting hopefully, you know, before the end of the season, we get Diaz back. It gives us options and, and they're not options that, have been the options we've had for the last, you know, however many seasons to where our opponents know what to expect. So, um, yeah, happy. To- and he glides, doesn't he? Yes. There's just something about Jada. I've just always, I mean, since he joined the team, I've just enjoy watching him play. There's just, there's just something about him that's, that's kind of fun and scrappy and it's just, it's just fun to see. Yeah. You know what made me laugh about the sub, right? So Darwin Nunes did everything right but score. Can we all agree? Yeah? He did. Yes. He put in a performance, you know, got a standing ovation. He did everything. He got a Dolly's man of the match, isn't Yeah, he? exactly. When Jota, when Jota was coming on for him, I turned around and I said, one thing I love about I go, Darwin's had a great game. You know, he's done everything right. He didn't score. It's fine. He's been great today. And look, you know, the reception's been great. And then Jota gets a great reception. I went, watch this guy. He'll have a really quiet game and he'll get two goals out of nothing because <laughs> he is that player. He, he does that. He is known for that. Yeah. I mean, I was half waiting for him to just... Get a ball in at the 89th minute and be like, yeah, but, but I mean, he yeah, did it. You, forget that, you forget that he was totally anonymous all game. He'll get two goals and you're absolutely pacified by that. Because <laughs> that is one of the things that's that's just kind of fun about Jada is he cannot be having yeah. a particularly good grant game, but he can bang in two goals and it's like, yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> But he's such a team player. Do you remember yeah, last season yeah, yeah. when Gomez had to fill in at right back and he was getting so much shit because he wasn't playing very well? Yeah. And, they, and then uh, Jota had said to Gomez, if you cross it to me, I'll score. And literally yes. the next match, like, Gomez puts in a great cross and Jota Bang. puts in a great header. Yes. And in the end of the match, Jota's there going, I told you I'd score if you crossed it to me. I told you I'd score for you today. Like, I'm sure you were on that post-match, um, yeah, Steve. Was. Um, you, you, I remember you talking about that. I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I remember it so well. But he's such um, he's, he's one of those team pieces, isn't he? I wonder like, yeah. if the way he's had to rehab has been part of all these little things that have affected the team because he's been away. And but also just the way he moves, he's like, we've got these, this elegant gliding, he's just going to sneak up behind you and score a player. And we've missed him because, you know, we've got the raw pace of Mo, we've got that ridiculous powerhouse of Nunes. You know, Mane was not tall, but he was a powerhouse like Nunes, right? The way he ran at people. But we've, we've, I think we've missed his guile and his, yeah. just the way he glides around the pitch. And seeing him on the pitch, I was just smiling watching him. Yeah, I, I do. And, and-, and I, and, he, and he's got that Robbo Shitalsby about. He the does way he have tackles. a little bit of that, yeah. Yes, he's a narky tackler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah. he's not narky on the ball. On the ball, he's like calm, isn't he? He's like, I'm just going to pop up and be Pippa and score. But off the ball, he is a narky little shit, and I like that. Yeah, I do. I, I think we've missed him just, you know, for all those reasons. You know, I mean, it's just he's been missed, you know, just as that additional depth for us, you know, and, and you know, and everything else. So, I mean, if, you know, I... It may be a while before he's ready to come in and play a full game, and that's fine. You know, if he's just that option to be able to, you know, like he did today, come on for 15 or so minutes. I think that's, you know, that's, you know, that's just what we need. And but he might come on 15 uh, minutes to score a hat trick. Exactly, <laughs> he can. That's 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 just there's just something very unpredictable about Diogo Jada, and I think that's one of the things I kind of like about him. Absolutely. Can you imagine like? Can you imagine lining up in a game with Elliot, Jota, and Nunes? Like, <laughs> that's three incredibly unpredictable players all of a sudden, though. That's true. Because Mo's wonderful, but he's not unpredictable. You know what he's going to do, and he'll still beat you. But those three are very unpredictable. We've, we've suddenly got more of those things that excite us. And For me, Luis Diaz offers that as well. Like, I, he'd, like he does the FIFA shot, but when he just is just so, like... I don't know, he's he's got like dog in him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When he's running down the, the tunnel, like he will not go down, like he will fight you all the way. And you don't know where and he's gonna I show up on the pitch. I mean yeah. I, I remember that you know, about this time last year it was like, you know, he was playing on the left, but I mean all of a sudden you'd look up and he was over on the right side, you know, just because he had kind of chased somebody down with the ball to get it off of them. So, um, yeah, the, he's got kind of an unpredictable element to him as well. And that's, you know, I mean, all of those things, I remember saying that about Diaz when he joined the team is that's what we need. We need, you know, I mean, it's as wonderful as our, you know, our front three of Sala, Firmino and Mane had been for us for so long, they'd really gotten very predictable. You know, teams knew what, Ultimately, what they were going to do, how we were going to set up with them. And I think they kind of got us figured out. And, you know, so we needed that sort of fresh blood, you know, first with Jada and then with Diaz. And, and I think, you know, I think it's I think it's just exciting. If we can keep everybody healthy, it'll be even more exciting. It mm. really will. And you know what, guys? Is there anything you kind of want to talk about about the game? Or, you know, like, because I just feel like we're just absolutely... Massachusetts flicks. Yeah. How many baller moments did he have today? Like there's like at least three moments where the ball would be coming and he'd do these little those little back heel flicks that Bobby does, but from midfield, but to another player. <laughs> like how many times today did he just do the ridiculous little technical one touch moments where and we didn't lose possession? It wasn't like oh, I'm just on a back heel over myself to nobody. No, it would land a play and he did it like three or four times just so technically like good but and confident to do it against the ev it was awesome it really was um i think that's it though isn't it i think liverpool needed that performance and i think it made it even more so enjoyable because it was against everton i mean like we couldn't lose to them, right? I think, and I think that's what it all comes down to—the fact that you know we did not wobble to them. Um, anything else from the game you feel like need to highlight? And go, should we go straight to man of the match? I mean, that wasn't really Everton, was it? That could have been just any nondescript relegation team today. They were so bad, and they weren't even trying. There was no shit housery from them. Just bad tackles here and there, but there was like just just not being very good at tackling. 
there was nothing about the derby that made it read apart from that little apart from Robbo at the end that made it feel like a derby. They were just a very bad football team playing against us being less bad than we've been for a long time and actually looking good. Like, I love the fact that you know Liverpool supporters started singing and uh, chanting Divock Origi. Um, uh, that down, yes, you're end, right. That, yeah, so iconic, so iconic. And yeah, I'm I'm here for that because I'm like, oh yeah, you know, he he, he traumatized them a fair bit as well. And uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure Divock was watching the derby and probably had a big smile on his face because I, we will always love him. That's what Rob I said before he started laughing. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me. It really would not surprise me. Right, guys. You know what? I'm going to put you on the spot now, and this is going to be difficult because you keep you keep giving me four shouts for man of the match. So I'm going to get a name from you, and I am going to come to Lisa first. Lisa, who is your man of the match? I think it's going to have to be my new favorite son, Stefan Bassett. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? From Sky Sports, I still well love Harvey. Everyone. Don't. You know, yeah, I, I didn't want to make that clear. I, I still love Harvey. No, um, but no, I think it is. I, I think, um, you know, and, and, you know, Darwin Nunes for, you know, I mean, obviously there are multiple candidates, but, but just for me, I, I think it's Bassetich. I like it. Special player, you know, and um, fully deserved because he really did put in a performance in 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 this derby and he has been putting in the shifts and you know Liverpool have been absolutely shit and I've not been giving man of the match so that is a great shot because you would I would have given it to him if we decided to actually not be absolutely dreadful everywhere else and Steve, um, Steve I'm gonna come to you who is your man of the match you've given me like six contenders already Mohamed Salah Basatic was brilliant and almost but most scores that goal and the pressure's gone yeah. And everybody's like, it's a Mo goal, it's a break goal, it's a Liverpool goal, and he puffed his chest out, and Everton, okay, he didn't score the 5,000 goals he should have scored, but Everton couldn't really deal with him, and it just gave us time to breathe. And whenever the two or three times Everton attacked, we get just we broke down the right, we said we let him go run at them, and the pressure went away. He... um he got the goal that changed the game and he just kept pushing them and pushing them and was brilliant. And everybody fed off him, I think today. So just beats him, just beats out our new number, our wonderful full number 43. But yeah, I'm going to give it to Mo. Like that. And I think Mo Salazar, well, if my memory serves me correctly, um, you know, it's been a while since he scored in the league as well, right? It's been a very long time. Um, I'm trying to think when was the last time he scored in the league. Uh, uh, he has got 18 goals this season, but only eight in the league. Only eight in the league. Do you know what I mean? So it's good to see him sort of get... It was Villa, you're right. It was Villa. That was the last time he scored in the league. And I think he obviously scored in the FA Cup against Wolves. But, you know, that is a long time for a player like Marcelo to not be scoring, right? So I like that. That is a good shout. That's a really good shout. I mean, granted, we haven't been winning and we've not won a game all see, all all year, 23, and this is the first time we've won in the league. But yeah, I love both of them shouts. Um, I'm going to go with Bad Setic uh, purely because um, it was nice to see a midfield performance like that. Most of is world-class. I expect those kind of goals. But you're right, they're both great shouts. Guys, who was your man of the match? Give us your shouts. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, 
this is the end of the Nina Kaza show. I want to give a massive thank you to Harinda who called in. And of course, you know, Darby Nunes as well. Special shout out to him. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts, guys. Who was your man of the match? I want to give a special um, shout out to these two as well. Bolter, Steve and Lisa, who joined me on this podcast. And, you know, it was nice to be in a good mood with these guys. So before I let them go, I'm going to get some plugs. Lisa, where can people find you on social media and where... Where can people find your work? And is there anything you'd like to plug? So you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at LMarieMH. Um, and if you go on my Instagram, you'll find all my pictures from my wonderful trip to Ireland, um, the first part of the month. And eventually we'll do another episode of the AIP. I don't know when, but eventually you'll find, you know, me and Trev and Cam and whoever else. Um, but that's where you can generally hear my voice. Do give Lisa a follow. And Steve, where can people find you on social media? The only place I'm still on social media is Discord, and you can find me being told off by gags for posting too many GIFs <laughs> in important <laughs> conversations in the, in the AI Discord. Oh, you know what? I'm just laughing because uh, I'm on Twitter, and someone's just posted a video of all, you know, the, the, the handbags on the touchline. And uh, Darwin Nunes, with his hood up, goes to an Everton play and holds up 2 nil finger gesture. You know what? He's <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about the man but guys that was the Nina Kauser show um, I'll be back post Newcastle hopefully it's another win guys thank you so much for listening hope you enjoyed the result hope you enjoyed your weekend hope you enjoyed this Monday result and this pod thank you so much for listening take care till next time up the Reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest lfc topics 24 7 sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord you won't regret it you can also follow us on twitter at anfield index and find us on facebook by searching for anfield index Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.